where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful, 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds Episode 70. 
Um, sorry we missed last week. Uh, just things popped up. Didn't have a lot to talk about. Steven wasn't in town really to do this. So just made sense to skip out a week, make, make basically some time to get some stories going. And I think we definitely have a lot to talk about now. And, uh, kind of curious on a lot of your opinions on things and, and, uh, I definitely have mine. So, uh, shout out to everybody that's here right now. And, uh, yeah, let's get this thing going. How are you doing tonight, Steven? <clears throat> oh man, I am doing great tonight. Welcome everybody to the show. Had a long day. I uh, had, I worked overtime yesterday. Well, I, so first of all, I was traveling, as you mentioned, uh, I was at Jeremy Lambert's wedding, my co-host for the spotlight on Fightful. So I was in Ohio for the weekend and then took a couple extra days off um, just because like for my shoot job, I had some time off that I need to use before the end of the year or I, lo or I lose it anyway. So took some uh, took some extra days and then, uh, yeah, came right back into working overtime, worked overtime today as well. Um, then did an interview with Jeremy with Jamison Ryan and Diamond Cheek. That's going to be airing on Thursday morning for the spotlight. So been very busy um i'll just get this out of the way because i know you asked me before the show and i've had some people ask me like on twitter and stuff and i talked about this a little bit on the weekender but yeah so i'm really bad with flying like really bad like it's like it's like the perfect combination of all of my like biggest phobias i guess where like I, I get motion sick, I don't like heights, I get claustrophobic, I mean I'm anxious, like believe it or not, I you know I talk in front of people a lot on this kind of stuff, but if I'm like in like a room full of people, especially if I think that people are like looking at me, which I think is happening when I'm on airplanes because I'm like freaking out, you know, I'm like sweating there and like throwing up and stuff. Yeah. Um so, anyways, um I suffered an actual panic attack on the way back on the airplane oh wow it was wow. bad luckily it hit me really bad like during the landing so yeah i uh i had to get like my vitals taken and have to get like seen by like a doctor and they put me in a wheelchair and had to like wheel me around and like give me fluids and like this it was like it was i'll, I'll never fly an airplane ever again for the rest of my life like it's it's crazy wow. it's just yeah it's just one of those things just listen i made it 34 years of surviving airplanes i feel like i've 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 won that um yeah i'm just never doing it again it just it just is what it is um but road trips for steven yeah we get like a nice like rv or something like that like that's yeah that's like that's something that would be cool um because i still want to be able to travel and do stuff but like i'll just never just like i'll just never gonna get an airplane again like it's so bad so like anyways that said, the wedding itself was awesome because, you know, I got to hang out with Sean Ross Sapp and, of course, Jeremy Lambert with his wedding. Uh, his wife, yeah. who, she doesn't like to put her name out there, so I won't mention her by name. Got to meet SP3 in person. Got to meet um, Andrew Thompson, Carlos Toro, Cassidy Haynes. Um, Cassidy's a yes. madman. That's huh? really cool that you got to meet everybody in yeah, person Joel, and everything. Joel Pearl, of course. Can't, can't forget to mention Joel, like. Yeah, I got Is to everybody meet. like the same in person as you yeah. interact with them online. Yeah, Hannah, same thing or, or share. I should say Denise Alcedo. She was there. Got to meet her in person. Yeah, everyone. It's funny. Yeah, everyone was like pretty much exactly. Um, is uh, I'm, I'm reading people's like 
people talking about flying in the chat now. Yeah, there's people that actually agree with me about it. That's that's cool to know that I'm not. I know I'm not alone with that, but like I know I have like a really like I'm on like the like the farthest end of whatever spectrum that is of like like I just can't do it anymore. But um, but yeah, but it was it was awesome to like meet everyone in person. And it was funny because like both Denise and Sean like when we were like started talking, they were they were both like is this the first time we've met in person? And I was like, yeah, it is. It's crazy, right? Like, I've known these people for, like, four or five years, some of them, you know? And, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's wild. Yeah. But, yeah, but it was... <laughs> the actual wedding was awesome. And the actual reception was was great. It was, like, 15 minutes. Like, that was it. It was, like, in and out. They did their thing. Yeah. And then it was right into the, the, the food and the music and all that stuff. And, yeah, it was... Uh, it was, and Jerry's parents were really cool and stuff. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a really good experience. Um, outside of the the flying, of course, but that's a that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, people see that's the other side of it too. A big part this of this, I that, definitely agree yes. with. Especially because I I fly in and out of Atlanta, which is like the busiest airport. So like I have to get there super early, and like, dude, because of how like how bad it was when I got back. So this is what wound up happening once I landed, right? I, I land, they're like, they take my blood, they're like taking my heartbeat and like, they're like, like giving me like water and like this, put me in a wheelchair, this whole thing, right? You think you're done, huh? You think Dude, I, I can't move. Like I, my hands and my hands and legs are just numb. And like what I can feel is just tingling and I can't breathe. And I'm just like sweating. I mean, it was so and just nauseous. It was so bad. So I'm in this wheelchair, just like sitting there, and I I legitimately think they just forgot about me after like after like 15 minutes or so. I was just sitting there, and I was just like, "All right, um, like my dad is like waiting for me on the complete other side of the airport, and you know, he's you know, I love my dad to death, like, and he's like, he knows how bad this is for me, so he's like just being cool about it. He's just like, take your time, just let me know where where to pick you up, so. So I'm like, <laughs> I just stand up and I have this, I have like this super heavy backpack in this like, this like briefcase and I just stand up and I did and I couldn't take the trains because I was afraid I was going to pass out or like, like the motion was going to mess me up too bad. So I just slowly walked for a solid, probably 45 minutes to an hour. I walked the length of the Hartsfield Jackson International Airport in Atlanta. Walked the walked the entire length with like this heavy backpack. And after about a half hour, like my nausea started to like kind of fade, and like it was a good walk. And I was just like drinking like Powerade the entire time and just like walking. Um, it was like the movie Holes when like they have carrying the the Madame Zeroni up and down the up and down the mountain. That was basically my 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 Holes. Um, is how I'm gonna look at it. Um, but yeah. It was nuts, and yeah, I was never. And, but that's part of the problem is like the airport itself. That sucks too. All the anticipation yeah. of sitting around waiting, and then like yeah, waiting and boarding and delays and yeah, it sucks. Anyway, yeah, it's not a it's not a fun ideal thing to do. No, it's well, crazy. Is my friend Chris though? Like yeah. he just flew to Ecuador, dude. I mean, he, some people have no problem. My my step hours. Yeah. Same, same with my stepbrother. He's in another country literally right now. Um, he goes all over the world. Like, it's no problem. Yeah. We, we get on a plane yeah. for 20 hours. No no issue at all. I get an hour for, I get on for an hour and a half. And 
and they're they're checking my vitals at the gate. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's wild. Um, For me, the only issues I I get motion sickness as well. I'm definitely a Dramamine guy. Yeah, same. Um, but uh, I get like massive ear pain. Like when the mm. higher you get on the altitude, like get that it, sometimes, it, yeah. it gets bad. So like Bill's just sitting here like a cold soldier, like no problem. And I'm like, you know, and I'm hurting. And he's like, you good, man? I'm like, I'm hurting, but, you know, we're going to make it. But uh, other than that, I'm fine. Like for the most part, uh, ears come cl- kind of clogged when you get in there. The last time I flew, though, was to Vegas for uh, Double or Nothing 2019. That was that was the last time I flew. So I'm not nice. a big flyer, but every now and then I will. And usually when it happens, always something bad happens, get stuck at the airport. I remember we went to lockdown 2007, and on our way back um, in St. Louis, our flight got delayed. And it got to delayed to the point to I didn't get home until like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's like a three-hour flight. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. No good. Garbage. But well, we could we could um flip the script here something positive yeah. and we yeah. can talk like as people are trickling into the stream, we appreciate y'all every week joining us once again. Sorry we, we missed last week. Um everything I explained just then, that's pretty much a, a pretty much my explanation for why I wasn't here last week to do the show. Um so I hope you accept that apology. Um but uh but we do have action figure um, weekly purchases that we can go through. Um, Real as quick, the before we go to that, mm-hmm. we're, we're both four and one, oh, Stephen. Let's go. Skull Vikings. Let's go. Yeah, congratulations. Go Cowboys. Cooper Rush. Yeah, I told you, dude. I told you. So I, here's I, the I thing. Let's, let's calm either. down there because Cooper Rush was 10 for 16 for 102 yards not with a quarterback rating of 16. But our defense, Stephen. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh my God! Yeah, no, they're incredible. I've I've never experienced this. I don't know what it's like. So, what's imagine this? There's like four and a half minutes left, maybe five, something like that. We're up by nine. It's fourth and one. We're in field goal range, and I'm not even thinking about going for it. Because I know that if we just get three points, it's a wrap. They're not going to get two scores that much. Like, they're not going to get a touchdown, two touchdowns. That's what they'll have to get. Right. So, I was just like, it's a wrap. And I've never felt – and then after we kicked the ball with four and a half minutes left, like, even the announcers, you could tell on the sidelines, the game was over. At four and a half minutes left, and they're only down by 12. And – what was even crazier than that, you know how you like worry, you're like, oh, I hope they don't come back or whatever. They scored their they they hit 10 points at eight minutes into the second, like eight minutes was left in the second quarter. They never scored again. Not yeah. even a field goal. Not even a field yeah, goal. And we gave awesome. them the ball on their own 40. And they still didn't score. Like crazy. So yeah. I love our defense so much. Um, I screwed myself by I, – I thought you guys were going to have a little bit more trouble with the Rams. So on fantasy, 
because Dallas is my fantasy team for my defense. I picked that. I drafted them. That got you 22 points. It would be on my league was 25. And, but, but I like a freaking idiot wound up playing the Vikings defense instead against Chicago, because I thought we were just going to like go in there and smoke them, which we did for the first half of the game. But because I didn't play the, the Cowboys defense, I lost my fantasy game straight up because of that, that lone move. I screwed myself, but, no, congratulations, dude. I mean, I would be super hyped because with that defense, and then when uh, when Dak comes back, like you guys are gonna have a solid playoff run. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's looking really nice. I, I, all the reasons that we've lost before, it's usually come down to mostly defense is why we couldn't get the job done. And with that that being set up the way it is right now, it's just like wow, we have a real shot at this thing. So we'll see what happens, but. Uh, it's 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 eagles week okay that's really yeah, what this I thing is about them. yeah it's sure. eagles week we're going to philadelphia and i mean i can't wait i just can't wait and i'll tell you this even if we lose which is very possible they're a good team i'm not here to say that they're not a good team even if we lose this is far from over even if we do lose because we are not at full strength but we'll see them again at the end of the season, and we'll see. It'll probably be for the division, and I'll I, and in Dallas, and I'll, I'll be ready for that. But this defense might be so good that we even beat them in Philly with Cooper Rush. I don't think that that's out of the question. So, so I'm really I'm, I'm here to test them. That's what I want. I want to see. Let's see how good you really are, because we're coming to Philadelphia. Micah Parsons from Pennsylvania is going to have a lot of family and friends in that stadium. And he's ready. That dude's a dog. And you know what? If you think about it, when you think about Super Bowls, like those defensive, like legendary type players always find a way to win a championship. Like your Vaughn Millers, your Lawrence Taylors, your Ray Lewis's. Like Mike is one of those dudes. And I just can't see that that guy gets in this league and never walks away with a championship. So We'll see what happens, but it, it's it's he's like he's a culture changer, man. Like the whole culture's changed. The defense just has such a high standard right now. Like they, and if you watch the sideline video, like they can't wait to get back on the field. Like when they're when they're called up, they're like, "All right, let's go, let's get it again. All right, we're gonna go out there and do it again." Like they're they're all about this challenge, and I I love it so much. So. Um, and I'm not that concerned about that. Like everyone's like, well, what about the chemistry and all that stuff? Like, honestly, I think it's almost a blessing in disguise because we're now seeing the blueprint of what we should be doing is running the ball, playing defense, taking shots downfield when we can, not going crazy and having Dak pass 30 times. Dak should pass maybe 30 or 50 times. Dak should pass maybe like 25, 30 times, and we should run the ball 30 times. And that's the formula to win. So hopefully we do that. So, yeah, exciting times, exciting times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, my Vikings very happy about that. Another close game, but we're just it's another trend this season of like one score games coming down to kind of like the final drive over and over. But the difference is this season we're winning all those games, so like yeah. that's so huge. Like Kevin O'Connell, I've never been this hyped for a head coach ever. Like I'm, I love this guy and um, Kirk Cousins, like 
he started off the game 17 for 17, just playing lights out. I mean, just, I mean, Justin Jefferson's breaking records. Like they got a good team. Thielen's still doing his thing. Like Dalvin Cook still putting up big numbers, like under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, and when he isn't Madison is, I mean, like it's, it's I was getting in an argument with the guys in my group chat. They're like, dude, Green Bay is going to win the division. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, Minnesota's going to win the division. Green Bay is in shambles right now. Like, they just lost to the freaking Giants. And not only that, like, they just don't have a lot of talent. Like, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but he's older, and they don't have a lot of talent. It's a recipe for disaster, and I, I think you guys are going to win the division. I, I sure hope so. So I'm, I'm really happy with – I'm really happy with it. I mean, the the defense needs to tighten some stuff up, but like, and I, I would like us to just, I, I'd like us to just to run it up on some teams, like you know, just blow some teams out and like make some statements. But see, and that's my thing with Dak is like, if we get 30 points, the game is over. Like, if if we can just get to the point to where, like, think about that. We we ran a hundred. We we threw for a hundred and two yards, and we won by double digits. Like crazy we were the number one scoring offense last year with Dak and if we just get half of that just half like who's gonna beat us you know what I mean like it's just it's a great feeling it really is I love it right now it's a lot of fun to watch my team so yeah Um, also real quick football wise I want to bring up um because I've seen a couple of comments about it, the the officiating, some of these calls on the on the quarterback are are insane. Like it's 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 to the point where like, dude, that Kansas City crowd, like I haven't heard that in like maybe ever for like football where they amazing. were just doing the whole time. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if like it was a play for them. Like if they yeah. if the refs were calling a play for them, they were like, boom. Yeah, but then so. when they did finally call like a good play for them, they popped and they cheered. I was like, "Wow, the rest went babyface on them." So yeah, but the Tom yeah, Brady they, one I think is way worse because they actually would have lost that game, and yeah. it really was not roughing the passer. And he threw a fit, and the referees are intimidated by him because he's Tom freaking Brady. And then they threw the flag, and then he ended up winning the game because of that. I think that's atrocious. Yeah, the. Right. The other one was terrible, um, especially that the fact that Carr fumbled the ball. He stripped the ball, yeah. yeah. Like, you, you cannot call that play. I understand. Honestly, it's one of the Romo rules because what happened was is when guys drop their body weight on the side of a quarterback, it breaks their collarbone. So that's why they enforce that because – they didn't want them to hit the guy and land with all their body weight on top of them to injure the player. Because at the end of the day, the NFL is looking out for the product and they want good business. If the, if the starting quarterback goes out, it's bad ticket sales, it's bad ratings, it's bad everything. But so even, but even with the play, best. I get that. But even with the play like that, and I remember when Brady got like hit low and it was like he was out in like week one or two or whatever. And like it, it screwed their ratings for like an entire season. But isn't, um, what was that say? Oh Jerome yeah, Boger. yeah. That Chappy one uh, last night, he was terrible too. Oh my god. Um, but but shouldn't shouldn't at the very least on a play like that, like shouldn't it have been 
a fumble and then like whatever happens after that's like a penalty like how is that not even because like he stripped the ball off completely then landed on him accidentally essentially and like well, how do you even, take away the fumble he even used one of his arms to brace the fall. Right. So it should have negated the like, hey, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so and also and also it's football and guys are gonna land on each other. Like it's inevitable. So like I don't understand how that's even that's, but I will say that so Devontae stupid. Adams no catch was a correct call. He did not have full possession of the ball when he was he bobbled it and then he got two feet in after he had full full control. So yeah, I some agree. were wrong, some were right. But yeah, as a it was a wild game. Um, but, yeah, all right. So, enough about football. It is Philly week. Eagles are going down. Screw you, Philadelphia. I hope you rot in hell. But, anyways, let's go over our weekly purchases because I have a lot of stuff. And, and just warning-wise, I did not buy this all in one shot, okay? A lot of this stuff even I bought months ago, even a year ago, and it's finally coming in due to all the, like, distribution issues and supply chain stuff. So don't think that I just went ham one day and just did all this. I'm not that stupid of a buyer. So anyways. There you go. go. All right. Well, I guess I'll start off real quick. Um, got a couple of things myself. So um, I collect the Office Funko Pops. So just real quick, um, I finally found a Daryl from the office. Nice. So got nice. him for my collection. Also found... I was looking for a good Stanley, and I found this Florida Stanley, which I think is pretty hilarious. My favorite version of him on the show um, for a couple episodes when they did like uh, some some episodes in Florida. So got some of those Funko Pops. Did you get the Randy Savage? You're going to show your Randy Savage? I got two Randy Savages. Of uh, uh, Two of the same one? Nope. So Wolfpack in the house, Randy Savage, Ultimate, right? And then I got... The exclusive Macho Man Randy Savage from oh, yeah. when you ordered the Mattel ring, uh, next generation ring, and you did it in a timely manner. You got this as well. This thing's yes. going for like a hundred plus bucks right now online. So it's pretty dope, though. Like it has a, two hats, and then one of the hats has a headphone set. Oh, nice for commentary. And yeah. Then, then it just has a regular headphone set. And then it has a shirt under here, so you could take this off and put his shirt on like he had at WrestleMania against Crush. And then it's got two old-school microphones, and then behind this it has a whole announce table and set and all that stuff with it. So it's a pretty nice, nice little set. That is dope. I got um some so the loose version of what you were just showing there, of the NWO Macho Man. This is the one with his uh the alternate shirt on. So got a... That little Randy Savage right there. Yeah, I've been taking him out of the package. Well, so Doug, so you know, there I already I had this and I and and I was like, you know what? I was at Target and they had some deals, so I was like, I'm gonna pick up a second one and bust them out. And so I got the madness nice. with the other head sculpt. Nice. So I think that's pretty badass. So I got. Hey, I mean, it was a good deal, twenty three oh nine or whatever on the Target. Yeah. So it's pretty. So yeah, good. That's, this here that's is dope. kind of the, the two versions, kind of right there. So that's sick. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Randy Savage is like, he's he was my first favorite wrestler, like when I got into wrestling. So like that's I get a lot of Savage stuff. So got doubles on him. Also because of that same exact deal, I was like, you yeah. know what. There's some other ultimates here. So I'll, I'll pull the trigger on a couple others. 
so I got the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Yeah. You got him? There you go. Yeah. Yep. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge yep. you, tribal chief. I got so, the alternate right. head on there with the with the man bun. Yeah. The bloodline shirt there. So very happy with surprise, that one. Surprised you went modern day WWE on that. I I did. I mean, I'll go modern day WWE occasionally, depending on who it is. Like Kevin Owens yeah. and like some of those guys, AJ Styles. And then this one was also on sale at Target. One yep. w, another WWE Ultimate. Jeff Hardy. Yep, yep. Let's go. I, I figured we'd have a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, there you go. See, you got the inbox. I got the out of the box. This is perfect. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And he's got the little towel on the back, like hanging out of his. Uh, it's hard, kind of hard to see with my background, but you can kind of see it there. But yeah, this is a. I, I think this is a badass figure. I was on the fence about this one, like online, and then I saw it in person, and I was like, "This yeah. on sale!" And there's only one of them. I hadn't seen it in the wild anywhere. You know, like, like the, pose, the posability. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like the screaming head uh, yeah. better than the other one. But, yeah, the possibility on Ultimates are, are incredible. You can pretty much do whatever you want with those things. It's great. And then the only other thing I got, you might have come across as well. I got, I got two of these also. I haven't busted oh, either out. Sammy. But Sammy Guevara, yeah. The Heat Magnet, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> so, yeah, I got we'll two of these. About in the we'll be talking so, about him. Yes. I'll tell you what, with, with Sammy, though, what I want to do is I want that figure, but then I want to get the, the other Sammy with the uh, the blood and guts uh, jail get up or whatever that they had because that's two alternate heads, and I want to use one of those alternate heads and put it on that. So then you have all three Sammys with the different heads. That's what I would like to do. There you go. So that's everything that I had this week. Okay. Well, I got a few others. Go so, for it. Got the Mr. T. I saw that in the wild. Yeah, I, I didn't get it just because I don't have the attraction to it. But if I figured you picked that up, yeah. Now, do you have no? Did you like Mr. T growing up, or did I, you I, just only I, wrestling thing? I, I missed the whole the whole A team oh everything. Yeah, Rocky, yeah. Rocky three. Yeah, I mean that I don't Clever have. I, I'm, not, not, I'm not that into Rocky. Just oh yeah, so yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. And another flash. I finally got my no holds barred oh, set here. There so you go. ultimate. I I love this thing. Um, Can you open, open the? I mean, the yeah. Way of, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I think it's a pull out here. Give me a oh wait. Oh, are you unboxing it right now? Um. No, I already opened it earlier. I'm oh. Not sure how how I do this. How I, okay, there we go. Yeah, so it's like a, a big giant VHS tape. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I remember yeah, when those went up for pre-order. And then those are like in their stare down. And then when you pull that out, then you get all the other stuff. So, so you get pretty Zeus. Sick. Yes, Zeus. They did say Zeus is going to come in a regular elite or whatever, but I don't think he'll do an ultimate again. So, And then, you know, Hogan rip them and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. How many Rocky figures do I have? Like up there is all my Rocky figures, probably about 50 of them. I I love Rocky. And, and that's what we're – I hate Philly, right? But I love Rocky. It's almost like it just disgusts me that he's e that that's even involved <laughs> in there. Like I just uh, – it's so gross. But um, 
absolutely love Rocky. It's one of my all-time favorite franchises. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I did a lot of – got a lot of uh, cool stuff. I'm getting uh, the CM Punk, CM Karen, whatever we want to call them these days. Um, I'm getting that uh, unrivaled figure or the uh, unmatched figure, whatever, with him in the Larry hoodie with the oh. pants because that's when he faced Darby Allen. I found a good deal on that on Amazon, and I think that's about it. I think I'm I'm done, and I don't. I feel I don't want to keep buying all these figures. The problem is they're all coming in all at once, like just tons of them. Like I think Kyle even said, Peterson said, like this is the most that we've ever seen all at once come. So it's a it's a crazy time and a terrible time during a recession and all that for all this stuff. So Hell CMC, yeah. me, I like that one definitely. Yeah. Facts. Um, yeah, I have a I have a couple stuff on order right now that might be back in. Or that that I might get rather by next Tuesday to be able to show on here. So nice, yeah. I'll probably have that one for next week. So good shape. Um, yeah, man. Let's let's start talking about some wrestling, guys. If you haven't, please smash that like button. We definitely appreciate it. Also, if you have any super chats, please submit them. Um, definitely helps out the channel. We weren't running for a little while, so any thing would definitely help us so i appreciate that as well and thanks for always coming in and hanging out with us like i said i apologize again for missing a week um but just situations i didn't know steven was about to die but uh i almost actually died so yeah yeah, that's the reason i wasn't here so yeah it, it it takes death for us to not come here so you know hopefully you guys like the dedication um yes if you were Oh, I'm sure I, if, I, if I was from Philly, I would definitely embrace all of this Rocky stuff and all that, but I'm not. So, and I honestly, like, I never plan on stepping foot in Philadelphia. I know this guy, like cocky Cowboys fan, and he plans on going to Philadelphia this week. He's bought tickets. He's going, right? Mm-hmm. I told him, man, like, dude, watch what you say. Watch what you oh, wear. Yeah. Like, oh, they're filthy there. Oh, They'll yeah. throw batteries at you over there, yeah. bro. Like, oh, yeah. You need to you need to calm down over there. So, I uh, I'm not going anywhere near there. So, anyways, you know, shout out, enjoy, enjoy WrestleMania, all that stuff. I won't be there. I don't. I'm not going nowhere near Philadelphia. Although I do love a Philly cheesesteak. This thing, I love Rocky. I love Philly cheesesteaks. Like, there's just there's just a disconnect somewhere. But I, I can't I can't go down with the. I mean, it's it's always, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is my favorite show ever, but it's because like, they're such terrible human beings is why it's so funny. Like, I wouldn't want to actually be around people like that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. For sure. All right. So what, where, where do you want to start, Steven? Um, What, Mm. what what do you think? Where do you, I'm trying to think where we even left off. Right. Like, I know we left off a little bit that I was definitely frustrated with AEW. And I would definitely say that I'm still frustrated with AEW. But man, I am really over the overhyping WWE thing, too, right now. Like, I think that this is getting way out of hand. I mean, I think it's a solid show, right? Like, I don't think it's anything amazing but man you would act like these are pay-per-view of the years these are the best shows ever blah 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 
and I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it at all. I watched Extreme Rules, and that, that was as mid as it gets, in my opinion. So I don't know how you feel, but uh, I'm, I'm not that impressed. And I think that I've been saying this for a long time. All WWE has to do is be good. They don't have to be great. They, they automatically get the graces of just being good. And I'm blown away by how people – how happy people are that they're signing mid wrestlers. Like if, if AEW was signing these guys, people would be like, Oh my gosh, another one. Oh brother. And WWE signs these people. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, we got this guy. Ha ha ha. AEW didn't get him. AEW didn't want him, you know? And I'm not even talking about Bray. Like I, I get the Bray thing. I think that Bray has a connection with the WWE audience. And that was something that I really witnessed at WrestleCon. Like when he was there, like there were so many Bray fans. And it was like, it, it, it's just one of those things that like, I'm never going to understand. I'm never going to really get it. But there were people that loved Kane, right? And I never, I could care less about Kane, like ever. I've never been a Kane fan. But there are people that like get Kane tattoos and love Kane. Like I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't know. To me, Bray Wyatt is a very creative guy who is very average in the ring, and you have to shoot him to the moon and the stars for him to work out. And I would much rather see other guys be pushed instead of Bray Wyatt. But it's my opinion. Yeah, I've, I thought um, I thought the return itself was pretty. I mean, it was really well done. Uh, the way with like the, like, the suspense. The whole world. Yeah, like the crowd was going nuts, and when the, he came out, just holy shit, holy shit! Like I mean, like the whole, the crowd was. I mean, that was, that was a cool moment. The WWE audience wanted it. It was obvious it was going to be him, but that was like the whole point. Like it was like obvious enough that like, you know, it was like that. People, people anticipated it. It happened. Um, I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of WWE from what I've watched. I'm still not watching a ton of it, but I thought the pay per view was. Uh, I thought the pay per view was pretty good. Um, I thought Raw was all right. I think from like what I watched, but like something that was, I, I want to bring up real quick just because otherwise I'll forget to. But um, you know, Impact had Bound for Glory over the weekend. Yeah, and on a Friday, on a Friday, yeah, on Friday, and um, Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich was awesome, and Josh Alexander versus um, Eddie Edwards was awesome, and Speedball Mike Bailey versus uh, versus Kaz yes. was like really good, also, yeah. So, I mean, um, but like Jordan Grace and Masha for me, like, especially, I think, especially if there's anyone out there that's still for whatever reason like on the fence about like really high level like women's wrestling like that like that's a match i would show someone and be like like this is like i could totally see jordan grace being the one to beat josh alexander for their world title like i like she would she could like totally believably do it i think um and masha rules like so anyway i wanted to throw that out there too because you know impact doesn't get nearly the amount of and you used to be the impact guy I know. And now they are pretty much nothing to me. I mean, like I get that they can have good matches, good shows, but I just, I I just don't have a lot of interest. And a lot of it too, is just like, what, what season is it right now? It's football season. Right. And there's, that takes up so much of your time. 
and then you have wrestling and it's just you got to pick and choose what you're gonna watch and we haven't really had any big mma events yet in a while so that's coming up and it's just it's just a lot I, but i thought impact did a terrible job of promoting bound for glory i had no clue it was coming on like yeah. i think i saw a tweet that like sean ross sap said like fandango is it bound for glory yeah and i was like is that impact like it, it's <laughs> uh, like it, did he show up to say that he's coming to bound for glory and then i'm like but it's not thursday it's friday and then I like saw a hashtag bound for glory and I was like, oh, like it's it's on right now on <laughs> the same time as SmackDown. Like, yeah, who does that? So I, I don't know. I just thought it's a poor idea, but I'm sure that they had some good stuff like they, they usually do. And they have a lot of talent. Um and, and I personally would be fine with Tony Khan still having an open working relationship with him. I mean, I guess Kaz is over there. I don't know what his situation is, but um, he won that division know. title from Speedball, and then yeah. and then spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Fast forward for a second if you don't want spoilers for Impact Wrestling. We gave you all a warning um, at the tapings the next day. Um, Kaz already cashed in option C. So it's going to be like the next impact plus show. It's going to be Josh Alexander versus Kaz for the world title. Oh, I would laugh if Kaz won. And, and you know, who the number one contender for the impact world title is like coming out of bound for glory who won the gauntlet for gold trophy. I really have a bad feeling about this. Bully. I no oh my God. Really? Yeah. How, what, what's Ace Austin doing right? That now? was my next. I was just about to bring that up, actually. So Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay. No, none of those guys were on Bound for Glory. Trey oh, Miguel, what? Chris Austin, Chris Bay. Not, not neither of the none of those three. But Bully Ray won their gauntlet for the gold. Last eliminating Steve Macklin, who like they've really built. Like Steve Macklin would have made like total sense to go for the title. But instead, Bully Ray like, and like Steve Macklin and Josh Alexander kind of have similar styles, hard hitting. Like I think yeah, it'd be like be a great match. Good. I, I think yeah. Bully Ray they'll do some sort of hardcore match or something. Like, but it it just doesn't make sense when you have like the roster that impact. But that's been that's a whole other conversation. We could talk just about like Impact's always done this, where like they have always. the talent right there, and then. By, by the time they decide to pull the trigger, they're like already mentally checked out. They're like ready to sign somewhere else. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, we've got a we've got an opportunity to get Kenny Omega. Let's let's put him in there with Sammy freaking Callahan. Yeah. Like, oh, speaking of, um, at the tapings, uh, Sammy Callahan beat Steve Macklin. Oh, perfect. So yeah, whatever, dude. Um, yeah, not. Not a fan of that. Anyways, to WWE. We got some super um, chats. WWE yeah, super chats. Yeah, we we do. I'm trying to stay on on focus, but yeah, let's get with the super <laughs> chats and then we'll get right back to where well, we this were. is because this is Bray Wyatt related. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Gotta gotta move away from my camera. I think the appeal to Bray is the character over the wrestler. Also, the delivery and the presentation of him is what everyone likes about him, kind of like the Undertaker. I get it somewhat. And thank you so much, Cactus J, by the way. I really appreciate your super yeah, chat. Thank you. Um how do I say this? 
to me though, he's kind of like a gothic Ryback in a sense <laughs> that Ryback will not work unless you give him some monster push. You can't have Ryback just yeah. you, you, you can't have Ryback just like job out or you know battle for a mid-card title or whatever, right? Like that's my frustration with him is if Bray Wyatt is going to be involved, he has to be like the guy. And I just think that there's way more talented people than him if they could figure out a way like they were saying maybe the hints are is that he his first opponent is riddle like i like that i would i would prefer something like that to where it's like it's not in the main event and it could be something like riddle could sell that brace crazy and like what's going on bro i don't get it bro you know like i think that they can make it work but I am just not sold on like, like imagine this, Steven, you tell me how you feel. Mm-hmm. Those Bray Wyatt merchandise really selling well. Right. And Bray guy, he's really starting to impress people around the, and people are like, well, I had no idea he's this big. Maybe we do Bray and Roman at WrestleMania and give Cody Rhodes a, a different path. Imagine if don't that, put that in, don't, don't put that into the world at all, please Doug. imagine if that happens because there are definitely people out there that would much rather see that than Cody Rhodes and I'm not one of those people I mean to me I think the ultimate move for the WWE to win a lot of people over is to have Cody Rhodes be Roman Reigns and then bring back the one uh, eagle the the eagle title shit that's like the perfect way to just win all the fans right win me and when when a lot maybe some AEW fans, you know, I don't know if Bill's ever going to get over it. I just I really don't. And I think that the elite getting suspended and all that has really opened up a whole nother wound that he thought he was over and he's not. And it just it, he's mm-hmm. going through a lot right now. Okay, but do but, you think he comes back to WWE with Cody as champion? Like he's like this for him again. I think he would begrudgingly watch it. Nice. And I think that if he won the title, he would be happy for him. And it would maybe he would accept it more than maybe Cody made the right decision. But I just think that I, I, I told it's like I told somebody, my buddy John, I told him that think of it like a pastor, your pastor that you grew up with or whatever this that you, you were in this religion with, and then he just all of a sudden left and went to a different religion. It's just hard to take. Like Bill thought that this guy was our spiritual leader. He was the leader of the revolution. If Cody calls out that he needs us, then we put out the bat signal and we go and help Cody. Like Cody was the the leader of that group in a lot of people's eyes. And when he left, it just kind of just it, it just didn't seem the same. And then now without the elite, oh my God. It feels totally different. So I think that that is, uh, that is definitely something that is not – and I don't think it helps that Tony Khan won't talk about it. Like, I, I hated Tony Khan's aerial interview. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing. Like, why even do it if you're not willing to answer any questions? And I know Ariel likes to dig, but some of these questions were reasonable, and Tony 
we still don't want to talk about them. And Cody was one of them. And uh, I don't know, just frustrated with that whole situation. But anyways, Bray Wyatt, I get, I get why people enjoy the reinvention like Undertaker. And I get why people like the whole creativity, being different, dark, all that stuff. But like I said, my biggest thing is, is he's just not a guy I want to see in the main event. And he has to be. He has to be like some book, like some super monster. And I just don't think that works. But Well, yeah. No, I agree because a big issue I have with – so I should say when – and this, this um, supports your point, by the way, about all this is – like I really liked the original Bray Wyatt character, not the not Husky Harris, of course, but like yeah, the, I know exactly the back the back the backwoods yeah. Wyatt family leader. I like that character a lot. I thought it was so stupid when he lost to John Cena at WrestleMania, like at WrestleMania thirty. I was there live, and I remember being like, "They're gonna ruin it! Like they're gonna ruin this guy!" But then I remember thinking, "Like he'll bounce back." But when they changed him to that kind of like like the all black, like, like Gothic, more kind of undertaker ish Bray Wyatt that wound up wrestling the undertaker at WrestleMania the following year. That's when for me, it became more about like, like I, 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 I became less and less of a fan over time of him because he, it it seemed like he was rambling on and on about like nonsense and then like would lose matches anyways. And it'd be like, what was the point of all that? You know, just and not only like, that, like the promos were literally the same thing, just kind of said in a little bit of a different way, but they exactly. didn't have like actual meaning in the feud. Like right. it would be like he's talking about society or uh, 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 like a father figure that led him down or something like that, and you're like feuding over, I don't know, the number one contendership. You know, like it just, it, it was just never like that oriented, I guess. I don't know. No, I know she that mean. part I was like, well, what are we doing? You it know? didn't and matter who his opponent was. It was always the same like promos built like leading up to their matches pretty much. Yes. Yes. And one thing I didn't take into account was uh, with Seth Rollins interview. And he was like, you know, Bray's a tough guy to work with because a lot of guys that end up going in there with him don't come out the best after it's over. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? He's right. Like that Fiend stuff, most guys didn't come out in the better end. It just was like, oh, man, that was so bad or whatever, you know. And and people love the Fiend, but it's some of the worst television in wrestling history some of it and so that's where it's just like with bray to me it's like man and then i do think it's fair though that we can see him without vince mcmahon right like maybe triple let him do his thing and it'll be a different experience and everybody will be happy kumbaya you know hunter booker of the year or whatever but i i'm not excited right i'll be i'll watch I'll watch. I'll watch the pay per views. You're not getting me to watch weekly. T- You're damn sure not getting me to watch Monday Night Raw, and Monday Night Football. Like, no way. For sure. And SmackDown, I don't really care either. Like Friday, whatever. But I will watch your pay per views. You know. Um, so, whatever. We'll see what happens. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because, yeah I mean, you're. Oh, sorry, I was, I was going to say this real quick. Yeah, there. It's yeah. it's just such. It's, it is such a weird, like, because with Bray, it, for whatever reason, it is because it's because of the gimmick itself, like the character and the gimmick itself. But like, it's so weird how important it is for him to win, but how bad it affects the person who he beats. So like, it's such a lose lose when you look at yes. it like that. Like, because he needs to win to stay credible. Like way more so than just your average wrestler because of his gimmick, but yes. it destroys the trajectory of like the careers of the people he's beating along the way. So like everyone's losing in that scenario, right? And then it's like, what's next? Right, you know, and, and it takes months and months to get him away from somebody. Like it's these long feuds, and they get goofier and goofier. They get the Russo booking basically with these crazy gimmick matches and. You know, it was, you know, it was probably a hilarious conversation it was probably Bray Wyatt whenever like he went out there and well, I know it was a stunt double, but whenever they whenever they um like lit the fiend on fire and he like burned alive, like in the middle of the ring, yeah. like Bray coming to the back and being like, all right, where are we going from here? And Vince is being like, oh, we'll figure it out. And probably, like, yeah. Like wait, we just what, burned you alive, damn it! Alive. What are we gonna do next? You know what I mean? It's like probably like I don't well, know. I've yeah. got it. The feed's gonna look like charcoal. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Like, right, that looks cool. so goofy. That was there was people so that so bad. There was people that liked that, and I was like, "This is of course they so did. Goofy. Of course they did. Anything he does, man. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he has such a loyal following that it's like, oh my god. And and honestly, like Strowman. And and Rowan are, like, over forever just because they were affiliated with Bray. Like, there is a – Bray has a connection to his audience, but it is a WWE connection, and I really don't think he would have fit in an AEW. I never really thought that he was going to work. The only reason that I thought that they were going to sign him and wouldn't mind signing him was because of the creativity aspect and – especially during the pandemic, right? When you don't have a lot of a crowd, you can do all those crazy videos and all that stuff that they were doing, um, cinematic matches and all that stuff. But I I just don't think that he would have fit. So I nev- I'm not I'm not like, oh, darn, that one got away. You know, like, whatever. Have Bray Wyatt. Knock yourself out. Enjoy. I don't really care. Um, he's not my cup of tea. But if he proves me wrong, I'll give him his props. Like, no, no uh, ill will. It just the. It's just very weird to see how excited people were and the pops and all that stuff. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. But I mean, if I was there live and I saw the presentation of what they did, I would pop too, right? Like that's a cool experience. So yeah. I don't, I don't blame the crowd for being excited and finally having to pay off of the White Rabbit and all that stuff. I do I think it's a huge miss to not have them on Raw. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, SmackDown's your like number one show now. It really feels like um, for sure. But but I mean, is he going to be on both? Is he only on Raw? I think he's I just on know. SmackDown going forward. After so he's after, on I think he's on SmackDown going forward. From what I was seeing, okay. Um, so never mind then. But I but I see some people saying this, and um, and I agree with this as well. That um, like uh, Kogan here, like it it really is like 
Ray's last chance. Like there, there really is no excuse after. Yeah, like, I agree with it's that. like this is under Triple H, new leadership, new management. I compare WWE right now to the Vikings so much with like the just like it feels like a totally different mindset and like young younger leadership and stuff like way a different way of looking at things and like if if this doesn't work out for Bray's return and he doesn't like stay over and like really reach the potential of what they're looking for out of him on this run then like I yeah. agree that that's really like then like you know then what else could he really do you've given this guy like every possible chance to succeed at that point it feels like so I agree it's a tough boat because I mean it very it's hard unless you're like a real mainstay like the undertaker do you get that much opportunity presentation all that stuff like what ends up happening is, is you go flat and then all of a sudden he can't be booked like a super demon monster that kicks out of everything then he starts losing matches then he starts losing steam and then it's like we got nothing for him and then he's got to go like it's kind of how it goes yeah uh, next super chat. Awesome. Thank you, Alexander. Alexander Fitzgerald. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that, man. Um, how do you think New Japan will handle Carl Anderson since he's a current champion? Do you think WWE will allow him to wrestle in New Japan to drop the title? Um, yes. I really don't see why Triple H would have a problem with it, honestly. Like, they've allowed guys to finish indie bookings before. So, to me, that's kind of what this would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to carry the title walking around for much longer. Like, I think he will drop it as soon as he can because he has a match coming up, I think. Yeah, I think it's against um, – is it against Hikaleo or it's, it's against maybe – I think it's something like that. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. Maybe Tomatonga, maybe. It was, it's like someone – I think it was like some, someone else that, like from like that whole Bullet Club implosion. I think like, it is Hikaleo. I think you're um, right. So – but yeah, no, I I do think I'm pretty confident that Carl Anderson will um will get to wrestle in New Japan. I think there's some sort of working relationship brewing there. It seems like so. <laughs> Tony's gonna be so happy, but who knows? Imagine if like I I I really think Tony Khan has had recent conversations like with Triple H about potentially doing some Forbidden Door stuff. Like I I really. I feel but I really he seems feel like, like the guy that gets his feelings hurt and then won't return your phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, just, I agree. The way that he's acting, right? Like, he's just like, I just felt, I thought we were friends. Like, you know, and then it's not only that, like, you're a rich billionaire, right? Like, yeah, Stephanie and Triple H are going to be friendly towards you. Hey, I've been a longtime fan of wrestling. I really enjoy it. Like, we all got along before I had AEW. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But now you're on their territory. So, like, what what do you expect, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and then, like, dude, he took it so personal when they ran those two shows the same time as All Out. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just well, think that he's, uh, he, he feels like he's not being treated fairly. And so he's just going to throw a fit about it. I don't know. I had a, I'd known this for a second, but it, like it's out there now. Like it's been like reported on and stuff at this point. But like, um, I know Tony, like specifically, did not want John Moxley doing GCW shows for a while now. 
and Mox yeah. was just like, what are you gonna basically saying, like, what are you gonna do about it? You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna so, do it either way. Let's talk about that, right? Because yeah. it has now been reported that John Moxley didn't have a contract for like three months. What are we doing? Like, why are we waiting to stall these things out? Because Cody was in the same situation. And imagine, just imagine, if Moxley decided to go the other way and go to WWE during all this nonsense that we've got going on right now. You know, yeah, he wouldn't have been available for even the CM Punk feud. You, you have everybody suspended. MJS holding out. Like, what are we doing? Like, you, you would think that the moment that MJF is out, that CM Punk is injured, you are doing everything in your power to get Moxley signed to get a deal done. Like, I, I don't. I don't know if he trusts them so much that like he's just going on handshake deals, but dude, in this business, I mean, they will betray you if the money's right in a lot of ways. Now, Moxley's a different cat. He absolutely is. But I just don't think it's the best business sense to just say, hey, let's wait till your contract expires where you have no obligation to us whatsoever. And then, you know, we'll see if we can work something out. While, well, we're, while you're still wrestling for us. Well, not only that, he as their world champion. Like, right? Yeah, like, they're, <laughs> they're investing that much into him. Um, yeah, but it seems like his new deal is going to prevent him from doing GCW and indie bookings and stuff, is what it seems like. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, so. I mean, thoughts, thoughts on uh, Nick Gage beating Moxley? I mean, MDK, all F and day. Um, I mean, it had to be, like, this is the story. They've been wanting to tell this for a while. Gage was hurt, you know, earlier this year and stuff. They had to, like, kind of push this back over and over, it feels like. So, Gage is continuing. He's still the face of the company. Um, I'd like to see a long-term story where Jordan Oliver eventually beats Gage for the title because he was, like, the one who, like, really helped, like, him lose like the 30 pounds and everything like leading up to this rematch and everything. Like he was his like training partner for all the like social media videos and stuff. But uh huge, huge, huge props to John Moxley. He will always be a legend in my mind forever as a wrestling fan, like based solely off of the fact that he was a he was a defending multi-time defending GCW world champion when he didn't have to be a part of this company at all. Like he did it for the love of the game pretty much. And I mean, that was not only that awesome. He had GCW style death matches. Like really. It wasn't like, it's like, Hey, I'm only going to do this or that. I'll only, you know, bump here or there, but we're not doing all that glass stuff, you know, like, no, he, he went all in. So, yeah. And I think it, honestly, I think it upped his stock. I think it definitely up to stock. I don't think that it helps that he loses to Nick Gage as the AEW champion. I think that that's a little rough, but I get that they brought out Morrissey. And I honestly hope MJF addresses it tomorrow. He's got to. Championship, bud? What happened there, buddy? You know, like, that has to happen. 
and, and a, a layer of that story that I don't hear anyone mentioning. If you want to think long-term storytelling, long-term M- booking. MJF brought in Gage to help him during the Jericho feud for that death match. Yeah. And he could say he yeah. was repaying Gage by helping him get that title back off of Moxley. Right. Like, yeah. so like it makes sense that like there were there's like there is a link between Gage and MJF. Speaking of that, real quick, um, if you listen to Jericho's podcast, because it's funny because Jericho is like the only one that refuses to uh, acknowledge the gimmick that is MJF. He tries to actually talk about him like he is the actual person. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's funny because I'm sitting backstage and we're like, man, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to do these labors? And he's like, well, what about like a death match? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know who I, he's like, well, what about Nick Gage? Like MJF is the one that suggests, suggested Nick Gage to Jericho. And then Jericho looked into Nick Gage and was like, oh yeah, I think that could work. That'd be really cool. But like, that is so far from the actual Maxwell Jacob Friedman character. But like Jericho just doesn't give a damn. He always does. So, you know, I was telling Max that, you know, you're going to be a big baby face. You're not going to be a heel. I'm just letting you know that, you know. And, um, <laughs> I just think it's funny because like Max is just always trying to stay in character or whatever. And like Jericho doesn't give a damn. Yeah. Jericho's a goat. But anyways, Moxley also, he, so, you know, whatever. He signed a five-year extension. He's yep. going to be around for five years. They needed some good news, in my opinion. They needed something to kind of take the negativity off of them. And uh, I think that this was a, a good announcement. Um, it probably will be all the way up to his retirement. I don't see Moxley going anywhere else, to be honest with you. So uh, I I struggle with him being the guy for AEW. I don't love it. And so here's what I'll say. One, this company is new. And every time that there has been a new champion, it is just like, it almost just like reinvigorates everything. Like you're just like, ah, new start, new fresh feuds and new things to do and stuff. Going back to Moxley just feels like such a blah move to me. Like, I would have much rather had a different person. That's why I'm looking forward to MJF becoming champion. If MJF does not become champion, I'm going to be upset because I've I've had my fill of Moxley. And I don't hate him. I don't. I get it. But I just want I just want new fresh feuds. I want new things. I want new main focuses. I want I just want new. And especially after all that debacle with punk and all that crap, I just want to move on from all of that. And and I would like to see and, and I don't know if you've noticed, dude, Max put on 20 pounds of muscle. Shredded. Yeah. He looks like a legit pro wrestler in his prime. He's the closest thing to The Rock, in my opinion, that we've seen, like, since the Attitude Era. I just think that, like, when you listen to that guy talk, and a lot of it, too, is, like, he is the exact – The Rock did the exact same tactics as a heel, as a face. Like, he would use the same catchphrases a lot of times, the same stuff, but it just kept getting over, right? Like, at first it was – 
millions of the rocks fans and then it was like kind of crickets and then all of a sudden it became sing along with the champ and max is kind of that way now where it's like the stuff that used to get him heel heat is now getting him pops and i just feel like that he is going to take off to be the star that he's gonna be in aew and and i'm all for it and i'm just ready for it honestly i i wasn't i i preferred things and I'll tell you one of the main reasons I'm upset too is, and I've thought about this, like Kenny Omega was like in some of the best shape that we'd seen him in in at least like the last like six years. Like incredible shape, been gone for 10 months. Imagine if they did that Madison Square Garden return of Triple H back in 2002. He comes back. The crowd's going crazy. Everybody's been dying to get Triple H back in the mix. And then he gets in some backstage fight and they suspend him. And then you just don't get to see him after you waited for so long with the beautiful day video packages and all that stuff. And then not only that, they don't even want to talk about it. They want to act like it never happened and we just move on to something else. Like, you just can't do that. It just doesn't work that way. And I understand that there's legal obligations and all that stuff, but I have absolutely hated the way they've handled this whole thing. Yeah, no, it's very strange. I I think that casual fans are very, very confused. Like the ones that don't care enough to like look into it online, but like, yes, watch the show here and there. Probably like, what the hell happened? Um, How do you have trios titles and then they're no longer trios champions? Why is CM Punk gone? What, you know, like it's just so much that just, you know, and Tony addresses it just like, well, we thought what happened, you know, or we know based on what happened. Well, what did happen, Tony? Right. Who fought? What, what went down? We don't know. And you don't want to talk about it. And, you know, and, and my thing with Tony is, is if I was him, I would just be like, look, I know everybody wants to know what's going on. I am not able to comment on it because we have a investigation to find out what really happened. But I will tell you this, the moment that I'm able to talk about this, I will let you know what happened and I will talk about it. And then people would shut up and leave right. it alone. But instead, it's just like... I, I can't do, I can't talk about it. Nope. Can't talk about that either. Oh, I can't talk about that. What did you and Cody try to work things out? Did you want to keep Cody? Uh, yeah. I can't talk about that. Then don't have interviews. Don't have media scrums and don't have all these things. If you're not willing to talk about it. what is the point? We're not here to just plug whatever you want to plug and, and, and ignore what people want to know. You can't do that. And if he was a, if he would remember what it's like to be a fan, there is no way he would accept that answer. There's just no way. And it, it, it just frustrates me that we're going to go on and act like that the Bucks and Kenny aren't some huge important piece to this company, that the damn company is named All Elite Wrestling, and they're not in it. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And not only that, it feels like Adam Page has kind of been de-pushed a little bit because of this whole stupid crap, and I'm just frustrated. Like, this company is not Jericho – Brian Danielson and Moxley, and that's it. And the acclaim. Like, that's basically what it feels like right now. And MJF, that's kind of gotten into things. I just, I'm just ready for a transition to, to get back to where we were. Cause just right now, I just, I feel like that 
we're just treading water again. And it feels honestly, ever since CM Punk won that damn title, the whole thing just fell apart slowly. You know, you get all those injuries. The Forbidden Door card went to crap, but it still was amazing. Still the best wrestling pay-per-view of the year by far. Um, you had just, and then just all this drama that's now happened. And all these feuds. And, and we have, okay, the next feud. If Sammy Guevara and Andrade are talking crap to each other on Twitter, why on God's green earth, and not only talking crap, threatening each other, right? At least Andrade was, I'll see you, you know? Why are they even near each other? Like, right after you just had this backstage incident, we're going to have them fight or Andrade beat up on Sammy, whatever the case may be, when you plugged Andrade in an AEW career versus mass match on Rampage that you decided to just pull, here's my thing. If they get in a fight and you want to let Andrade go, how about we do this? The story's already set. Andrade, you wrestle on Rampage. This is your last night here, bud. Have a good one. And it's over. Like, I just... I just don't understand some of these things right now. I'm very frustrated with a with a lot of the decisions. Yeah, I, th- I think this is just a guess. I think that they'll send Andrade home, and if they if they can get out of paying him, obviously that'll be preferable for AEW. But most likely they'll probably have to like pay him to sit at home. But that's you can't set the precedent of like just releasing people for doing stuff like that either, because you can't. Because that, that sets the, the bar at, well, I want to get out of my AW contract. I'm just going to go punch someone in the face and they're going to release me. Like, you can't, yeah, you can't let that happen. So, like, well, I'll tell you another it, thing that backfired yeah. is suspending Eddie Kingston. Because by doing right. that, you, it, you have set a precedent that if you attack somebody physically, they have to be suspended, right? There's no way that if Eddie Kingston gets suspended, then the elite and punk can't get suspended. Like that has to happen. So if there was more damage that was done, then the suspension has to be more. And then you have another one. And it's just like, dude, can you control your workplace? Is this too big of a thing for you now? Like, and and honestly, it's, it's literally mostly with the WWE guys. It's guys that have come in with the bigger, big egos that don't mesh well with these AEW homegrown guys. They are they 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 think that they deserve better or whatever, but they ain't having it. And you know, as excited as I was to have such a stacked roster and all of that, like I really am now seeing the the issues that you can have from that. Yeah, when in this this chat here from Alexander, like. So I agree and I disagree. Like personally, so that it says let Andrade go to WWE. All the signings WWE is doing, he's just going to be mid card at best. I, I listen. I personally speaking, I would be totally fine with him going back to WWE. Like we, I, I don't need him in AEW, and I'm fine with him I going agree. back to WWE personally. But yep. like I said, you can't set the the standard either. Of like, I want out of my contract, so I'm going to go punch somebody backstage like Andrade didn't get out of my contract. Like, yeah. so I think an Andrade situation, that's why I said, I think 
they'll probably wind up just having him sit at home and pay him and just wait until his contract's either up or they can like get to a, get to some sort of um, point with him in their relationship where like, he's okay to come back to work and finish out his deal without it being a problem. But. Yep. I mean, I never, oh, really yeah. viewed, mm-hmm. I never really viewed punk as that toxic. I really didn't. I'm going to be on, I was more on punk side and I, I thought he was the voice of the voiceless and all this stuff. But that is one thing that this whole thing has proven to me is this guy is as toxic as it gets. If you want to kill a locker room at, like if Vince McMahon, like, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to bring back the NWO. Uh-uh, just bring back CM Punk. He'll take care of it for you. Like that dude is toxic as it gets. And it just, it is what it is, man. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't people know. know how I feel about Phil. So good old Phil. CM Sue. That's, that's, that's his new name for me. <sighs> Yeah. And then, so so here's another thing too. Everyone thinks that Sammy is the problem as well. I think we got to get down to the crux of this thing with Sammy. Like, I can't get past the feeling of when Sammy and MJ, uh, MJF were in the ring together on my birthday, June 30th. I remember it. It was uh, a fantastically built match going into a dynamite. It was the main event. They absolutely killed it, and they almost felt like equal ground. Like they were they were known as the pillars of the company coming up, the young pillars, and they they were right there neck and neck with who was over and all that. And I mean, Sammy has plateaued like there is nobody's business, and I don't feel like anybody is going to give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. Um and mostly people view it as, look, it's no coincidence that this stuff keeps happening with Sammy. So is Sammy bad to the point where you should release him? Because I see a lot of people that want that to happen. But me personally, if you release Sammy Guevara, he's going to the WWE and they will sign him. I think they'd absolutely sign Sammy. Yeah, um, for sure. I also think... I think wrestlers take him like I think somebody else could have called Eddie Kingston fat and it wouldn't have bothered him as much as it bothered him because Sammy said it. Do you know what I mean? And I think that like Andrade is like he he probably would have let some stuff slide, but like Sammy's a bitch to him. You know what I mean? Like I just think that Sammy has this, you know, I'm in the vlog, I do the vlog, I do the YouTube, he's much more uh, modern day culture type guy that I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But I don't think that he's a guy that you should give up on. I think Sammy is Sammy's damn good. And I think that he just needs to be rebuilt. And I don't know if you can get Sammy over with Tay. I really don't know that because I feel like people absolutely hate the way that that relationship happened, regardless of what your opinion is or any of that stuff. Like, I, I don't care what grown adults do for the most part. Like, yes, you, you proposed to your longtime girlfriend on national TV and then broke up with her and got with Tay months later. Like, bad. It looks bad. I get that. Sure. But, I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> like, right. Just to be honest, I watch pro wrestling to watch you wrestle. 
So um, I don't know. I just think that the dude had a damn good TNT title run before the whole nonsense with Scorpio Sky. But like going into the whole Cody Rhodes thing and all that, one of the main stars in the inner circle, I just don't think he's worth just giving up on, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially long term for AEW's future. But I think mean, that's another one of those where we've talked about it before, but like Cody leaving is more than just losing like a really good in-ring wrestler and like a guy who's like really over and well known in the wrestling space and stuff, or even just an EVP, like the relationships he had with a lot of these talents. I think I mean a lot of these problems just don't happen if Cody's still there backstage, honestly. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think Sammy's one of those guys where like him and Cody clearly have like a really, or at least had a really tight relationship. I'd imagine they still, and that's part of it too, probably for some of these guys. Cody, they're like, Cody was at his wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I imagine that probably is part of it for some of them too, is like some of them probably know now, like, you know, screw it. Like I'm not happy in AEW. I'll just call Cody. You know what I mean? Like, let's see yeah. if there's like any interest over there for me, you know? Oh, there's interest. If they're, if they're interested in Matt Taven, they're interested yeah. in a lot of guys. Like I'm oh, yeah, just being man. honest. I, no, I agree absolutely. I think I think Matt Taven's a nice guy and all that stuff, but like if you're if you're out here signing Matt Taven and the Good Brothers and all this other stuff, like you 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 can't tell me you don't want Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, all those good Jay Cargill. You absolutely want all of them. Yeah, the problem with Matt Taven was always. That he got, he, I said this on the Impact post show with Denise, but he's always gotten over pushed based on how over he is. Like, he's always been a really good wrestler. Like, there's nothing wrong with his in ring work. Like, he has good matches and stuff, but like, yeah. he, he's always been like not over enough for the push he's been given. So, like, when he, totally especially agree. when he was the world champion, it was just like, yep. it was just like, there's nothing wrong with this guy, but like, we just don't like him enough to want him to be the world champion. You know, like just, not, not only that, like I'm going to say his name for previous, for what he was previously, but like, dude, the fact that Taven was champion over Marty scroll was a joke. At the time. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Marty was so over back then. Everybody wanted him to be champion. And the fact that they went with Matt Taven was such a bad idea. I mean, Marty was moving merchandise, like, like damn near the same amount as the Bullet Club itself. Like the Villain Club and the Bullet Club could probably go neck and neck in shirt sales. You know what I mean? So it's just, I remember being in the crowd for Dalton Castle and Marty at Supercard of Honor. And like, dude, everybody wanted Marty to be champion and thought that that was going to be the time. And then the Madison Square Garden show where it was lethal Taven and Marty and you went with Taven, like, come on, man. Like that was such a bad decision. Um. We got more super, we super chats. Go I gotta grab another uh, drink here in a second. I'll, we'll do the super chat, and then I'll go grab a drink while we read out the next one. What's what's the, okay? What's cool. Chris Warden, even boys, thoughts on the rumors that Apple TV Plus and Amazon possibly be in the mix for the TV rights for either AEW or WWE next year. So, in my opinion, if Amazon or Apple TV. Apple TV, I'm not sure. Amazon, I feel like that they are going to want to buy, like, you know, Fox got SmackDown, right? Or USA, like, I feel like Amazon will want to bid for Raw. 
I don't feel like that they'll want everything. Kind of like with the NFL, they bought the Thursday night package 10 right. games, right? So that's where I think that they would be. Apple's interesting because Apple is really not hurting for money. And neither is Amazon, even though they lost. They, they botched the hell out of Rings of Power. But that's a whole other story. But even then, like, like, to me, Apple is more about just getting more subscribers and attention on their service, which that's why I think that they might get the NFL package. Because one, they can afford it. And two, like, it would up their subscribers insane. And I think that whoever gets the NFL package would make a lot of sense to also be able to bring in pro wrestling because you're kind of dealing with some of the same demographic. And um, when you already see the crossover with like Fox and stuff with like NFL and SmackDown and stuff. Yeah. And Pat McAfee, right? You know what I mean? Like, so um, I definitely see that there could be something to that. Uh, It's, I, I do think we're getting close to where wrestling might not be on cable, but see, that would be another interesting thing then, because what if WWE loses or USA network loses WWE to an Amazon, to an Apple TV, then that leaves them open for business for AEW. And then AEW could be in a bidding war and keep raising their price. So it's interesting. Um, I, I really think that in 2024, when these TV contracts are negotiated, I mean, I think wrestling is going to be insane because they need to land big numbers and they need to get buzz and they need to try to seal these deals. So it will be very interesting and it will also let us know the future of the companies. Because here's the thing, too, is if daddy sees how much the company is making, then daddy is going to want a big piece of that. Daddy is MJF. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. About Tony. I think I about Shad Khan for a second. No. But yeah, no. MJF, yeah. No, I'm MJF. With you. So yeah, it, I, it, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, I can't really add much more to that, honestly. I mean, it's, it's the same thing we're going to see happening with every sports like entity um, going yes. forward right now with like making that decision on like digital – on subscription based and stuff versus like cable and stuff. And I think more and more are going to go towards uh, the Amazon primes and the Disney pluses and that kind of route for sure. I mean, think of how many people are going to cancel their direct TV with no more Sunday ticket. Oh, like, direct TV is going to go under completely. Like it will not exist I, without the, without. The yeah. And, and, and that's through AT&T and AT&T owns Peacock and NBC universal. So then it's like, what is their move going to be? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to be very interesting. They're already talking about with Paramount possibly selling. or And they're talking about merging Showtime with Paramount. So, like, their fights and all that stuff would be on Paramount Plus and no more Showtime. Showtime wouldn't exist. There's a lot of things going on in the entertainment world. I'd love if that happened, the Paramount Plus Showtime thing. That'd be great. Yeah, I can just watch, like, bo- big boxing matches on Paramount Plus for, like, cheaper yes or you know free free would be cool well free would be fantastic or for like uh, imagine, if you, just on, 
Imagine you just click on Paramount Plus and watch Anderson and Jake Paul and not have to pay some stupid price for it. Exactly. A fight that we'll definitely both be talking about um, oh. a little bit later this month. I am I'm hyped lot. for it. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of like buzz for it, it feels like, but I'm I'm excited. How about Le'Veon Bell versus Uriah Hall? Uriah Hall is going to knock his head into the oh bleachers. That's not going to be even close to competitive. I don't know how that got sanctioned. Just because you knocked out Adrian Peterson does not mean you're ready for a, Uriah Hall. A clearly underprepared Adrian Peterson as well. Like, oh, he did not he look good. so gassed. Dude, he yeah. was so gassed. He was doing okay. And then once he gassed in, like, the third, fourth round, he started leaving himself open, and that's when Bell – and, like, Bell didn't want to take any risk at all. Like, dude, have fun with that with Uriah Hall. But I'll be so mad if, like, boring, timid Uriah Hall shows up for that fight. Like, dude, put him down. Put yeah. him away. You got to – I mean, I, I imagine he'll – I mean – I'd like to see kind of what like the the odds look like for that fight. I mean, obviously Le'Veon Bell's going to be a massive underdog, but like just like because I'd imagine it's going to be like minus a few hundred for for uh, Hall to win within like a couple minutes of the fight. Because most likely he'll hit him like one time, good in the head or the body, and that's going to be it. Like he's just gonna wobble. Yeah, because as you know, I mean, and people here in the chat, I'm not gonna insult people's intelligence who come and watch this show every week. Like we all know, there's a gigantically massive difference when a, a trained killer like Uriah Hall hits you versus like some guy in a gym or like some other <laughs> NFL player or some other guy you like kind of spar with. Like Uriah Hall, like Le'Veon Bell is not gonna be able to 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 handle what he gets hit with when Uriah Hall hits him once or twice, like real good, that's going to be, if, if, if Hall's smart, he'll hit him in the body one time, he'll crouch down, he'll hit him in the head one time, and the fight will be over. Like, easy. So, yep. Easy payday. And then we're going to see more and more of this, by the way, retired MMA fighters who just keep going into these celebrity boxings and, and bare knuckle. And Dude, I saw stuff. that they would possibly do Nate Diaz versus Floyd Mayweather in Rising. And, dude, that's a four-round exhibition nonsense fight. Like, I hate that idea. And honestly, dude, Floyd Floyd was getting caught a couple times in his last fight in Ryzen, and he looked slow. Like, you're going to mess around with the wrong one one day. I'm telling you that right now. I think Nate needs, Nate needs to just chill and wait out this, this Jake Paul and Anderson fight. See what happens yeah. in that. And – Honestly, regardless, I'd call out the winner because, like, it's big either way Anderson versus Nate or Jake versus Nate. But, like, obviously, if Jake can stay unbeaten, especially if he knocks out Anderson somehow, like, that's huge for Nate to try to be the one to, to beat him for the first time. Like, that, that would be massive pay per view. But, um, yeah. 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 That's, um, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We'll definitely talk more about it. If someone says Bobby Fish, uh, fight. Yeah, he's, he's got a fight coming up uh, against some. Like, yeah, I saw monsters. that. Saw yeah. that. Dude, Good love Bobby him. Fish. My respect level for Bobby Fish has just skyrocketed in recent weeks. Like. I feel so bad for all these years saying like he just wasn't as good as, as Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly, which I agree, which I, you know, I, I, I do stand by, but like Bobby Fish. I think he had a damn good ROH run. 
no, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying you'd agree. He's he's not on the same level as Kyle. No, right? I, I, I agree. But I agree but, but 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 the but the man that that Bobby Fish is as a human being. Yes. I yes. have big dick Bobby Fish vibes. Like I <laughs> I am a big. Calm fan yourself of that down. Man. Well, I've heard Jeremy, just, Jer- Jeremy. Jeremy calls him Big Dick Bobby Fish. So I have those okay. in my head. But yeah. and and did he just like go to Impact to cut a promo and then like never go back? Or no, he wrestled he some matches. He's wrestled. Was yeah, he, he, he was in that uh, that thing that Bully Ray won. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, nice. But yeah, Bobby Fish over here putting his money where his mouth is, like saying he's an actual fighter and like taking an actual fight. Awesome. Bobby Fish would murder CM Punk in a real fight. Like, let's be I real. Bet you, I, I bet you if he wins, he calls him out. Yeah, me too. Well, in fun, it was so funny because when Bobby Fish was was in Impact during Bound for Glory, the fans were chanting CM Punk at him. And it's I'm like I'm sitting here thinking like these swarmy fans, like they like they think they're getting one over on him when in reality they don't even understand. Like everything that everything Bobby Fish is saying about CM Punk is true. Like Anyways, um, what was the next super chat? I'm not sure who this nose is killing me. I apologize, yeah, y'all. I, 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 I have allergies. It's all good. We have a $10 uh, donation from Travis. Thank you so much, Travis. I appreciate that, man. Uh, do you think MJF will cash the chip and win title in Cincinnati then make Mox go through the five labors to get a rematch at full gear? Um. No, but I like it. Uh, I do like that uh, somewhat of a storyline and kind of having Moxley do other things and that I really enjoyed the five labors with Jericho. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be opposed to doing that again with Moxley. Um, But I, I think that he is going to probably cash in. He might make the announcement that he is cashing in after that match in Cincinnati, like after Moxley beats Adam Page, he comes out and lets him know that they're having a match of full gear in New Jersey. That's I've said, I've said it before a few times. I'll say it again. I think that I think that MJF will beat Mox in Cincinnati for the title because that wow. gets because that gets the most amount. Is that on a Tuesday night? I I'm not sure, but I I'm but I'm sure that's on Tuesday. But I think it makes the most sense because otherwise, like what what you want to avoid is MJF getting cheered when he wins the title. Like you want that <laughs> you want that moment him being like booed. And the best way to do that would be in Moxley's hometown after like a title defense or something. And then because when MJF shows up in New York, you know, next with that title, like he's gonna get cheered either way. And like you don't really want him to win the title, I don't think, in front of that crowd because it's a, a massive pop for him. Like it's like aesthetically, it's weird based on the character and like kind of what I think you want out of an MJF title reign. So yeah. I think it makes more sense for him to show up as the champion, get that pop when he when he returns with the belt versus him winning the title there. So to ensure that he gets booed when he wins, I would have him beat Mox in his hometown. And um, I'm going to go grab a drink real quick. I'll be back in like two minutes, y'all. Awesome. Can you guys hear me? Just making sure. If you guys um, have anything, go ahead and uh, 
send it in. I'll check it out. If you guys haven't liked us yet, please smash that like button. Definitely appreciate that as always. Um, let's see what you guys have been saying. Don't want MJF and Yuta in a long-term feud from Michael. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like this or that at all. You want to talk about mid, 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 mid. Um, did I start season two of Game Changers? Yes. Yes, we did. We both watched it. It's better than we thought, me and Steven. We both thought it was pretty good. One thing I didn't realize about the Mighty Ducks Game Changer series is it is from the same writer that did the Mighty Ducks movies, like the creator. So it has the heart of the Mighty Ducks regardless, right? Um, and that's the guy that was the lawyer in uh, in the very beginning where like Bombay and the lawyer are feuding and he's like calls him Gordo and stuff. Like that is the creator of the Mighty Ducks and he is the one that makes this show. He's the writer of the show. So it still has the heart of the Mighty Ducks. As long as you have that and not some just corporate shield that's just trying to like milk off of an IP, you should have a pretty good product. And so far it's been it's been pretty good. Me and Steven have both liked it. This is this would be a good one for me to talk about. Yeah, Steven's not here. Uh, I want to see Marty Squirrel in AEW. His character was so cool in ROH. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah, the whole Marty thing's disappointing. He really sucks. Um, and I will say, though, that, like, I hate that ROH got so woke and did not even try to really just stick up for him at all. Like they just dropped him, and if they never, if if they would have kept this whole thing going, like if they would have just suspended Marty, then brought him back, all this would have went away. But because that they doubled down and never gave Marty a chance to come back, then he's he's finished, and he has to wrestle in like Puerto Rico and stuff. It just it sucks. And what really sucks is. Like, what he did is legal in Cincinnati, or is legal in Ohio. Like, it's legal in certain states in America. So, I'm not saying it's right, but it wasn't illegal where he did it. So, I just think the whole thing's unfortunate. <clears throat> I don't think his whole career should be over space, is what I'm saying. Um. I really don't think Nigel is going to go to ROH or AEW. Um, one thing that he's been very heavily against is blood and, in wrestling. And clearly AEW is all about blood in wrestling. So I don't think that that would be a good mix for him. What I would absolutely love to see him do, though, is like sign some type of like ambassador deal with uh, AEW ROH where he could be involved in documentaries figures video games all that stuff because if you own roh nigel is a great guy to have if you're planning on making merchandise all that stuff i think that nigel would be very important in that and i think even if you like 
even if you're doing some random ROH pay-per-view, right? And then you're like, Nigel will be there at the meet and greet. Like, that's just a cool, fun thing to do. And a lot of people would be happy about that. Like, Nigel is just important to ROH as Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe. Like, he is a huge piece of that. And I think it would be very cool if he could work something out with Tony uh, to be in that. I would be all for him doing commentary and all that, but I just don't see him supporting blood matches. Right. And that'd be badass to get, like, uh, one of those Nigel, like, an action figure with, like, his spiked hair. Like, his, like, blonde spiked oh, hair figure would be so Day one um, purchase. Day and, one. Uh, and yeah, it'd be cool if they did some like photo ops where it's like like you like in between like him and Danielson or like you know him and like some of his like former opponents and stuff like that. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Like, it is I interesting guess. now though, he is free, you know, to do whatever now. So he could possibly show up in a star cast or something else like that. So you know can he one million percent not wrestle again because of like his I, I think he, I think he could if he wanted to. He was really stubborn about just not wanting to go backwards. Like it was yeah. like I made it this far. I'm not going back to Ring of Honor. I'm not going like it's either WWE or nothing. And that's what sucks too about like someone like Nigel. Like if AEW was around, he would be he would have been a wrestling. Like it, it, they would have never stopped that. Like that was just such a weird, freaky thing that like happened to him and it's just unfortunate there's always those like wrestling tragedies but i mean at least he did get to go to the wwe become a commentator like it wasn't like for nothing but yeah i do think it'd be cool though to feel so he could feel like he is that legend that's still remembered to this day though and, and they did something special for him in roh or you know, they do the ROH Hall of Fame and he's in it. Like I said, figures, put him in video games, all that cool stuff. It looks like for a minute that Impact was going to like really push him as Desmond Wolf. Like, yeah. Like, oh, for sure. I loved it too. I was so hyped when he came in. I was, was like so him happy. and Kurt, like right off the bat. Kurt right Angle, right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. And he was talking about how easy it would be to break his neck and all that. And then they had like multiple pay per view matches and, Man, it was all going the right direction. And then he was at Fortune with all the big guys. And, like, I remember they did that fan vote, and he won for the title shot. Yeah. You could tell they didn't want him to win, and he only had, like, a four-minute match. But, like, fans loved him, man. And uh, he was, like, in some tag match with, like, Magnus or something. And then, like, it never happened. And that was it. That was it. That was the end of his career, basically. And then he did the little indie farewell thing. It was really sad with, like, 50 people in the venues. Like, it's tough to watch. But it it happens in wrestling. All right. We got Michael. Thanks very much for the Super Chat. Awesome defensive performance, uh, Michael. There you shut down the Lions, which most people haven't been able to do. So that's really good. And Zappy won, right? That's good. So it's maybe not all doom and gloom for the Patriots. Um, I also have Ramondre Stevens on my fantasy, so he's helping me out there big time. Uh, what up, guys? Really enjoying this Sammy bloodline story. Sammy is so over. How would you guys book this to get the best payoff in the end? Steven, this is your question. Yes. First of all, I forgot to mention for the last chat that we brought up, I think it was the last one, um, I see the guy with the uh, – 
my my dude in the chat that MJF uses the dentist system. That guy always that that's the guy who always changes the name. I always give him a shout out every episode. Always pops me with the usernames. Um, can you pull up the super chat again? We just oh yeah, sure. Sorry. Um, yes. So for the Sami Zayn bloodline story, um, <coughs> it's yeah, it's tough to know the best payoff because I love sammy in the group like i think it works really really well right now obviously long term at some point it's got to be used to like make him like a big baby face like they're gonna have to turn on him pretty bad at some point i feel like but it's also really interesting watching how he gets along so well with everyone except for jay uso and jay just doesn't like him and doesn't trust him and now somehow sammy Zayn has like weaseled his way to kind of being in like higher standing in the bloodline than jay is which is like hilarious to watch because like now now basically when roman doesn't want to deal with something like he has sammy like deal with jay and jay's like how is this guy telling me what to do like you know like i i, I really like the dynamic of the story i think it's really and and it's really helping sammy also like he's always been a fantastic in ring worker we've all known that since the generico days but like now it's like he has an added credibility of like you feel like he can win all of his matches now because like also the bloodline is helping him and like him and like solo sokoa are like kind of like a package now it's like it's kind of cool how i really like how they've done this story i think it's really really good what's crazy is like even today if you think back where we're at now and everything and you think back to like roh kevin steen versus el generico that is still one of the very best feuds in wrestling of all time like incredible feud and it just this is amazing to me how much that's held up and still how relevant both guys are like it's 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 pretty cool I but what what would be the best payoff for Sammy in this whole thing? Like who should he be? Where should he go? What what would you do? See, that's the thing is like I don't think he can beat Roman. Obviously, I don't think it goes like to no. that level because um, that's <laughs> that's got to be reserved for Cody. We've yeah, that was kind of they they do love that underdog story, and if he gets red red hot, like Sammy yeah. and Roman could actually be money the only the only chance that has i feel like is because triple h is in charge now and he saw how well it worked with sammy and nxt like trying to get the title from pack so i could see that maybe being a thing like that but but well assuming that cody's the guy to beat roman eventually um sammy like maybe maybe eventually like the bloodline like turns on him massively and but like they hold on to the like like the usos you know keep the titles for a long time and maybe by like wrestlemania they do maybe steen and and uh and sammy against the usos for the tag titles or something maybe like that would be something big and like they win the titles like they're the ones that have thrown the usos and like they get to have like like a just like a reunited like a really sick tag team again for a while or something See, I mean, that's not even the worst idea, honestly, if you did Sammy and Roman at Royal Rumble and then he loses, but he fights valiantly, right? And then Kevin Owens and Sammy 
take on the Usos and Mania. I like that. I think that's yeah, good. maybe something like that. I think at some point you'll get Sammy versus Solo Sokoa, like to help yeah. build the whole thing. <clears throat> and I like what they've done with Solo as well so far. Like he has talent. I liked him even on. You know, I review NXT Level Up for Fightful every week. Like, as crazy as as different as that show is, is like everything else I watch, especially indie wrestling. Like, I, I've watched Solo Sokoa really since day one in the company, and I think uh, I think he fits in well with the Bloodline. It isn't one of those things that's weird. Where like, remember, um, remember like Legacy whenever Manu was like trying to get in the group, and it was like, it <laughs> yeah. just like didn't fit in, you know. Like, no. that, like that doesn't feel like this at all with like this whole bloodline thing everyone involved in this like it actually feels like it all fits and makes sense so yeah no i yeah definitely different remember they tried they tried like like uh, manu and sim snooka in the group and like neither of those yeah. guys stuck but then like cody no. and dibiase made it in it, this is another thing too that i really feel with wwe and I'm wondering, is this the way that you guys prefer your pro wrestling? It's like overly produced, man. It feels like that they have gone through dress rehearsals, that they have everyone that's in on this, that it is like damn near a, um, a motion picture set that they're just filming. And with AEW, it just feels so much more live and sporadic and anything can happen. And it, it almost like, um, almost just, just uh, it's just unpredictable. Or organic, it's, yeah. It, it's just organic. It, it just feels different. I mean, I'm, by the way, I hate the new commentating teams that they're doing, that they've decided to do. I'm not a fan of it at all. Yes, and like there had some guy on Raw I'd never heard of, and I just watched. I was only watching like the first five minutes, and I was like, saw the bloodline come out because I was just waiting for Monday Night Football to start, <laughs> and I wanted to see if Bray was going to open the show. But the bloodline comes out, and I'm just like, man, this group is so over, and they're just they're different. You can tell, like they're just more authentic they can kind of do what they want and that's why people like them right and then like they're plugging um logan paul and roman reigns and the guys like the commentator guy was like it's going to be logan paul versus roman reigns and he talked he said just like that and i was just like dude this is so fake and corny and like unauthentic like you are reading from a script and it just like when you hear taz right like taz doesn't bring out his little hollywood voice to pitch a match he's just who he is same thing with excalibur and all of them jim ross isn't awake so whatever but like the other guys that are there that actually care about their job they're they're there and they're just more it's just everything is so much more authentic like, you know, when that WWE show starts, they had 50 writers in a room. They went over everything. They had all this stuff. Like, it just feels so not live and not like it just I don't know. It is live, but it doesn't feel that way. Like, it's such a different feeling when AEW comes on. The moment that Dynamite comes on, it is such a different feeling to me. 
Nah. What's the next super chat we got? Let me see here. I think we got through. Oh, I think we got dirty. Okay, yeah, dirty. Um, if you could trade three wrestlers from WWE to AEW and vice versa, who would you trade? Um, man, I I don't know if like this is just total fantasy booking or if this is more so like realistic because it's like if guys are unhappy, you can take this guy for this guy. Or um, is there anybody in the WWE that you really want in AEW? <coughs> Cody, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll give, uh, we'll give, we'll give Andrade yeah. and Malachi Black and Miro for Cody. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think in WWE right now who I think would like really thrive in AEW, like be better off. I would Ricochet. say, I mean, Ricochet definitely comes to mind. AJ always comes to mind for me. Yeah. Owens comes to mind. Bauer. I mean, everyone. Alexander Fitzgerald. I just saw pop up. Um, I'm trying to think like younger though, like because they don't have a lot of, mm, especially in the younger range. You want Scott, Scott Steiner's kid or Rick Steiner's kid? Oh, Braun Breaker. No, not not for AEW. I think he's in a seed in WWE system though. Yeah. Um, Omos, my boy. Get the hell um, out of here with that guard. We need, we need a real job. We need someone to take on Satnam Singh. I can't believe that GCW wants Omos, but that's so Dude, Brett Lauderdale is a real one for throwing that he out there on Twitter. I love seeing that. He's trying to go out of business is what he's trying to do oh, with man. that nonsense. So. Right. Um... Uh, so I would say, I'm trying to think like realistically. The fact, you guys. the fact that we even have to really think about this just to me tells you a lot about the WWE roster, in my opinion. Well, I mean, because it's like fantasy booking wise, I could say like Seth Rollins. I could bring up like a lot of people. But yeah, like, for sure. But like, okay, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, I would take. But like, I wouldn't take Austin Theory for AEW. I wouldn't take. Um, well, what's their up and coming guy? I mean, that they're very much brand. You know who I, I would? Who's the wrestler? Um, that's with the the guy that was like dating uh, Mandy Rose, was it or whatever? The, the I don't big, know who's dating Mandy Rose. He wasn't. It was that storyline, whatever it was. Or oh, was Otis. It? Yes, who's his partner? Oh, Chad, Chad Gable. Gable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to Chad Gable. Yeah. I'm thinking like more so like in ring quality. I'm not thinking about these WWE superstars. So like if I could low-key give you like somebody from AEW for like a Ricochet, a Chad Gable, um, somebody like that, then I think that that would be legit. If I would give you guys from AEW, I mean – I can give you Andrade. You can have Andrade. You can have something like that. Um, Buddy Murphy. You can have Buddy Murphy. That's fair. Give me Buddy Murphy. I'll give you Buddy Murphy. You give me Ricochet. I'll give you Andrade. You give me Chad Gable. Call it even on that. Something like that. I'll tell you the three guys I would take 
to AEW right now, and this is based on like still like <clears throat> untapped potential and like the in-ring ability and everything, like but but not being like massive, like not like not just picking like Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins and those kind of guys. Like I would I would take Tyler Bate. I'd take Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. Tyler Bate, I like yeah, a lot. Tyler Bate, Ilya Dragunov, and Ben Carter, or um, uh, whatever he's now, Nathan Frazier. Those I wouldn't mind Walter. Walter's another good one. That's another good shot. Would you trade Wardlow for Walter? Me personally, like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you're gonna get way better matches. Yeah. Oh, I mean for sure, and I mean, yeah. So that I think that would be a pretty cool trade. Um. Other people in AEW that I think could like do well in a in WWE that dude, <laughs> dude honestly like I think I think Hangman Page in WWE would be huge. Like, oh, I do too. Yeah, I, mean, I think they would want him big yeah, time. Yeah. Um. So I'd say maybe him. Uh, like if it was fantasy, like my like if I could take anybody, you know, give me give me AJ, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Like those are probably right. the three that I would want in AEW. But of course, yeah. like, you know, if, you're, if we're going to get Roman or something, and yeah, I'd take them. But I'm just trying to be somewhat realistic. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I see. I just saw this comment. Uh, Kogan calling me out here. Remember when I said Elmas would be WWE champion within a year? They, now, there has been a gigantic <laughs> management change. So we have to maybe. But, but don't talk. But. It looks like they're building towards him versus Braun right now, and I don't know if that's going to go his way. Oh, that's going to be a barn burner. I'm kind of afraid Braun's going to beat him, and then like, I'm kind of afraid for their safety. Good God! Hey, we're coming up on the second year anniversary of the death of Raw Underground. That's coming up in a few days. Um, Omos was the doorman. I'll never forget. Bring it back for Saudi Arabia. Why not between them two? Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. I was I was wrong. You're you called me out. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know if it's been a whole year. I, I mean it had to have been that. I, I'm sure you're right. Kobe's got that. receipts. I mean he could literally pull like a clip easy. I'm sure yep. from like me yep. saying. I'm sure I said it more than once too. Like I'm sure this funnier. Yeah. Uh, all right, Alex. Thank you so much for the super chat, man. I appreciate that. Um, the Rock mentioned in your review that he. Uh, that he was the head of the table. He also said that he wasn't confirming that if he would be at Mania, seems like a slow build to this. How would you book Rock versus Roman? Um, hmm. Roman has to win. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and I definitely think that they kind of need to shoot on each other a little bit. And I think that if I'm Roman... I'm going at the the where like you forgot who you are. You know, you talk about this business and all this stuff like I am this business and you've moved to Hollywood, you're Mr. Celebrity, all this stuff. You've betrayed your family, you've sold your soul. Like I think he can go that direction while you're out there in Hollywood, I'm the one taking care of this family. I'm the one keeping this legacy alive, you know. I think that they could have a really great promo back and forth. Um, but I think Rock's got to fight to the death, right? Like, I think Rock's got to really come close to beating Roman, but it just isn't good enough. 
And uh, I think Roman's got to win. And then he's got to face Cody Rhodes the next night. Like, that's really the only way that this thing is going to work for me. I'm not. Are you concerned at all that they're going to go two belts by mania time and that Cody might get the same? Also, did you see the report that Vince was not high? Not high, but the plans were not. Around. Uh, you froze for just a second, but did you say like the plans, the reports about the plans, uh, like that Vince wasn't going to have Cody win the title right away? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean he wasn't going to have him win the title, like, still, like, by, like, WrestleMania or something, though. You know what I mean? No, I know that, but, I mean, do you think that Vince would have had him be the one to defeat Roman? Uh, yeah, I think there's still a really, really good chance that that would have been the case. Because still, yeah. otherwise, like, if not him, then who? Like, you're I really mean, out of options. Listen, listen, he's got the whole world in his hands there, yeah. Steve. That's yeah, but what definitely well the plan time. the plan definitely wasn't Bray Wyatt considering he wasn't in the company because he was fired, um, <laughs> or, or sorry, or whatever happened, he released. Well, I don't know what the situation was to be honest with that, but yeah, um, but no, and I honestly think Cody. I don't know anything, obviously, but like I think Cody when he agreed to come back to the WWE, it's it's in there somewhere in his agreement that he's getting that championship. Like, you don't come back to the company without some sort of, like, guarantee that, like, hey, a big reason why I'm leaving AEW is because I can't be the world champion. I want to be the world champion before I die. I need to win this title if I'm coming back. Otherwise, like, I'm totally fine where I'm at, you know? I don't know if they guaranteed him. I mean, I feel like that they were going to get – they basically say you're going to get every opportunity. I Well, no, I agree. I, I, I don't know if they would flat saying. out say, like, you're going to get it because if I feel he, like – he comes back and no one – yeah, if he comes back and somehow no one remembers him, he gets no reaction or something, you can't, like, agree. But, no, I but I, I think you're right. I think it, he came back under the, under the impression of, like, if you do the work – there's a very good chance you'll be that guy, kind of, kind of. And I think, I think he. So I've heard people out there, some straight morons out there, if I'm being honest, that have yeah, said things yeah. like that have said said things like WWE is mad at Cody for getting injured, like they yeah. didn't put all these plans. And I'm like, you know what? Even even if that was the case, even if that was somehow the case that they were upset with him getting injured. He would have made that up times two by wrestling with the torn peck and Helena Cell against Seth Rollins and completely saving that pay-per-view. Like he was the main event, he was on the poster. There were it was a it was one of the it was like one of those UFC cards where we have like like the UF, like the the Chimaev and uh, Nate card where like it's main event and then like a, like it's a weak card on paper underneath it. And if anything happens to that main event, it's gonna be just chaos or the, or the show might not happen at all. That was Cody at Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins. And he showed up with a completely torn pack with like, you know, the way it was looking with the, the, just the massive, just, just the red, like, I think WWE saw that and was like, okay, we can count on this guy. You know what I mean? This guy is going to give us literally everything he has. And yeah, no, I, 
and and I, they don't have John Cody's Cena anymore, moved. and they need like, that, they need that guy who's gonna like do the make a wishes and be good yeah. with like the the talk shows and like that's Cody like that's he's all ready the for all the merchandise that he could sell, all the different designs, like the the American flag, you know, the whole patriot. Like you can be patriotic without even really being patriotic and still be a supporter of Cody. Like there's just so many different color designs. Like he. He he he's gonna make a killing if he can stay healthy. They just started selling the temporary tattoos. Finally, I'm gonna get some of those. Yeah, get, are you gonna get one on the neck? Well, the temporary. Yeah, I've yeah, I've yeah. actually considered the um the actual tattoo on like on my body though. Like I might get the. I, there's a lot of people that get the Nightmare Factory t- or the Nightmare Family tattoo. I see it on oh, on, on Twitter all the time. It seems like new people every day. I'm like, I mean, I could I could rock that and not feel bad about it. Like. I'm obviously a lifelong fan of this dude. Like, I mean, I think it's a badass logo. Anyway, I've thought, I've considered it. Like, if he yeah. wins the world title, especially, like that's because I've held off on getting a Vikings tattoo, and like it's been like a, a rule of mine. I'm not gonna do it until they win the Super Bowl. The, the day that okay. if he, if they ever win the Super Bowl, the next day I'll get a Minnesota Vikings tattoo. But like, I'm not doing it until that time. But if Cody wins the world title, there's a good chance that the uh, Cody Rhodes tattoo happens. So. I think the only way that Cody would have a run is Stardust. I think like, I think you could do something with Bray Wyatt, right? Like you could have some crazy uh, cinematic match where Stardust takes on like the Fiend or something goofy like that that they would do. I could see something like that. Yeah, I could see something like that too. And I and I could absolutely. I think there's going to be a big storyline and feud between Cody and Bray because of. Cody being Husky Harris's coach on uh, NXT, like yeah. they'll like they'll go back to that I think big time. Well, um, and Cody Cody likes fire and all that stuff. Like I could I could definitely see Cody really getting involved in that storyline. And they're both second generation and like yeah, like, you know, like there's like the whole you can tell a lot of story like the two families, the Wyndham family versus the Rhodes family and stuff like. Right. It's a, it's a really cool idea. Which, which makes me feel like they're going to feud right before WrestleMania to see who gets the main event spot at WrestleMania and then hope for the best. I'm hoping that it happens after Cody wins the title. <laughs> like, let's get, let's get this title on Cody. Like, yeah. first and foremost. Definitely. Um, Definitely. I really wish I could be there live for whatever it happens, but I think it's going to happen in, uh, it's it's in California this year, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah That's a nice. You cut off again for a second, but I think you're about to say that it's a. I without flying, there's no way I'm going to be I would just say that's yeah. a nice flight over there. So yeah. yeah, I have to take a. I'd have to take the Lex Express from Georgia to, um, Georgia to California and the Cody Express. Is it is it just me? Is does like Triple H love interference and not clean finishes? I'm just saying. Oh, dude, I don't want to get into all of that. We're not. We're running low on time. Do we? Do we have any more uh, super chats? I, no, I, I, don't I think. Know. I think. I think that's it. Okay. But it's just. It's just something I've noticed that like. It, it's just like they don't want to do clean finishes at all, and it's I, frustrating. Yeah, I, I see people still kind of complaining about that. From what I've seen, the shows. The show has been pretty enjoyable, though. Like, I. I can't really. I mean, real, it's not real perfect. quick. Real quick, though. Mm-hmm. Was Extreme Rules as good or better 
then Backlash, Hell in the Cell, SummerSlam. Probably not, but to be fair, for like a good chunk of like the like the beginning of Extreme Rules, I was paying attention to GCW, so like I missed yeah. a good chunk of like Extreme Rules. So. See, that's my thing is like everyone's talking about these massive improvements, but like this is basically like they were having good shows on pay-per-view before this happened. So that's where I don't understand this whole like it's gotten so much better thing. It's it's okay. I hated the finish of Riddle and Rollins. I thought that was atrocious. Like Riddle literally he falls off the top he doesn't really jump he just kind of falls and then on top of that out of nowhere he just hits him with a flying triangle and seth can't get out and he taps and that was the main event and it just it didn't like without having roman defend that title that pay-per-view feels very mid-card to me that felt like a clash of the champions type show not a legit big show but bray came out that kind of changed things that, yeah. that that was a good way to close the show to make you feel good about the pay-per-view. But overall, I'm not seeing this huge, massive improvement that everybody wants to talk about. But we'll see as time goes on and as Triple H keeps filling up this roster and then he'll have so many spots filled, he won't have enough work for people and they'll let them go and be repeating the same cycle. But live and learn, baby. Yep. Probably a good stopping point. I am extra tired tonight from the travel and the overtime. So, thank you for bearing with us tonight. This is a good show, though. A lot of good, a lot of good topics to talk about. I flew by. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We had a lot of good stuff. A lot of support from everybody. Thanks for everyone that submitted Super Chats. Thanks for everyone that liked the video. We basically held around 40 viewers the whole entire time. So, definitely appreciate that. Um, if you guys can... Please hit that like video, video uh, like button if you haven't already, and uh, subscribe and follow us on our social media. And uh, catch you guys next week. Yep. Pretty good show um, tomorrow. We got a Toronto first international AEW show, headlined by Jericho and Danielson three. Um, so it should be fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, don't miss it. Don't miss Dynamite. And then next next week, Dynamite is on Tuesday, right? So we'll be live right after that. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. That's so ne- really fun. next week will be more or less like like a live, like immediate um, Dynamite review, pretty much. Yep. So um, tune in for that. That'll be yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Mainly AEW. I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be some other stuff we're gonna touch on, but like we're gonna, we're gonna get to review Dynamite immediately after it happened, which we never really get to do. So that that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Also. On Thursday, make sure to check out the spotlight at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. That's myself and Jeremy Lambert. Um, we're going to be airing an interview with myself, Jeremy, Jameson Ryan, and Diamond Sheik. Um, they have a big show coming up for Championship District Wrestling out of Atlanta, Georgia. So we're talking a lot about that and about tra- they train with the Nightmare Factory. We talked a little about a little bit about Cody. They've been seeing him around a little bit lately, getting you know starting to get ready and stuff. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, but um, so I'll be doing that Thursday morning and then I'm working my day job. And then Thursday night, I'll be back on the same YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. I'm going to join Joel Pearl um, and help him out. Or I shouldn't say help him out. 
uh, he his, his regular co-host Cresta uh, isn't going to be available, so um, he asked if I could uh, fill in this week. I told him I'd do it. So I'm going to review Impact for Fightful on Thursday night. So I'll be opening up Fightful at 9:30 in the morning, and then I'll close up at 10 p.m. Uh, from like 10 to 11 with Impact. So join me on Thursday. It's going to be a fun day, a long day. But it should be a lot of fun. And also make sure to check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com. Talk a lot about independent pro wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. So appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all um, right here, same time, same place. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, FightTalk underscore Doug. RVD Tito for Life uh, is the YouTube channel. Ollie Doug is the Twitter. Use code FightTalk and independentwrestling.tv or IWTV.live. Do you have anything left before I hit that outro? Nope. Just thanks for tuning in. And Cowboys are going to beat Philadelphia's ass. There you go. I hope it happens. I'm, I'm cheering for your Dallas Cowboys. School Vikings. See ya. Go Cowboys. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight check out more Live Rounds episodes.